It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks here, and what a show we have planned for you today. Uh, we are continuing our conversation with Jim Lewis. He is a counselor, a licensed counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates, and we're going to continue the conversation regarding mental health. So, Jim Lewis, it's so great to have you here. Well, thank you for asking me, Kim. It's a real, it was a real pleasure. Before we get into this important conversation about healthy <laughs> mental health, uh, several things. I uh, wanted to continue to remind you, our listeners, that uh, socialism is ultimately force. And uh, the question when we look at any of these issues out there is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, It's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, or their freedom via force, whether it's with a weapon, policy, or unpredictable and excessive taxation. And uh, we do see a continued movement with uh, politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties to move the things that make our lives better, uh, transportation, education, energy, housing and water, to more socialized policies. So we need to be vigilant because surveys show that most people like freedom. And I want to say thank you to producer Steve, to Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie for your support, your good work, keeping this uh, train on the track. And thank you to each of you listeners out there. You each are treasured and valued, and you have a purpose in this life. Uh, Before we get into all of that, though, our inspiration for today is from William Shakespeare. He says, we know what we are but know not what we may be. Again, William Shakespeare, we know not what we are, but know not what we may be. And then a little humor, Steve and Jim, uh, for this day. It's summertime. And a first woman said, my son came to visit me for summer vacation. The second woman said, well, how nice. Did you meet him at the airport? The first woman said, oh, no, I've known him for years. (laughs) okay Okay. (laughs) on on that note jim lewis it is great to have you on on the line and uh, this conversation has just been terrific so so welcome oh thank you Uh, we uh we go to the same church we have been in a great class christianity and contemporary culture and uh, we've talked about really big ideas in that class and you have come up with something uh, i asked you what what is mental health and you've been in the the business for a lot of years and you said nobody had really asked you that and so from that you put together something that i think is so important for people to hear what is good mental health jim lewis well, I, I put together a list that came from my experience with you know, thousands of hours face-to-face with clients, but also uh, two of the fundamental principles that guide my counseling. So this is what I came up with, and I wanted to point this out, too, that 
this is not just a discussion of mental healing. This is a discussion of mental health. And sometimes when we have a mass shooting or some kind of crime that people can't sort out, we talk about mental health. But that's in the context of something must have happened to them that made them do this. Uh, I'm talking about more than just uh, somebody having trauma that they need to be healed from. This is a wellness that I'm trying to describe. And so I think that has its roots deep in our culture. So here's what I came up with. There are three basic principles, security, responsibility, and flexibility. And then as bullet points underneath each of those, for security, there is a principle of attunement. So you know somebody has your mind in mind. Somebody knows what's going on inside of you, is attentive, and can meet your needs. And then a second one under security is empathy. So that means you have the ability to know what's going on inside of the other person, and you care about that. And then the third thing under security is confidence. So something that something tells you whatever is happening right now, you know you're going to be okay in the ultimate sense of the word. So that's security. Now, hey, just a quick question, Jim Lewis, yeah. on attunement. You know, I... I, I'm so concerned about you know, there's so many young people that are are committing suicide, and yes. you know I, I I don't know what's going on in the society, but something is happening there. And when you talk about attunement, you know I think that you know in this uh, technological age, I think that maybe people may not realize that there are others that care about them, and ultimately, if somebody feels lonely. It goes to the the Christian faith where if you feel totally alone, you can always be assured that the God, the creator of the universe cares about you. So if, if everything else seems like it's it's uh, um, pretty lonely out there, I mean, people have to take solace in knowing that the creator of the universe cared enough about you to send a son down uh, to uh, die on the cross and yeah. overcome sin and death. But that seems to be an important issue that... I don't know. I, I think that's missing attunement with some of our, our folks out there. Absolutely. People get caught inside of their own minds, and it's not at all uncommon for somebody to say, you know what, the world would be better off without me. Or what difference does it make if I live or die? Because they're, they're trapped inside of their own minds, and they don't have an interaction with other people enough that tells them, I'm thinking of you all the time. Absolutely. Okay. And you were saying that God provides that for us. Romans chapter 8 is just a masterpiece on that whole subject because God is studying us all the time and he's talking among himself. I don't know of a better way to put that into language, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Jesus Christ intercedes for us. The Father searches the heart of the Spirit and understands exactly what he's saying. And there's this conference going on in heaven over us. You know, Jim really needs some encouragement today. Yeah, I'm on that. You know, so absolutely. 
Now, let's. I think we're going to have time today to talk about you know leftism. Now, my mon, you know, my byline is uh, to look at issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Yeah. Uh, and but what we've seen with leftism, I think that the the veil is off now, and there are some things that really have me concerned with the agenda of the left. And when yeah. you're talking about the things in in insecurity in in healthy mental health, what are we seeing that leftism says to people? Well, so as opposed to security, responsibility, and flexibility, what I see is angst, presumption, and fanaticism. So with angst, there is this perpetual unhappiness because we're comparing what is to an ideal that can't be until Christ returns. So there's always this desperate unhappiness. There's a presumption as opposed to responsibility. Responsibility says, I can do something for myself. I can make this work. Presumption says, you owe me for one reason or another. You victimized me. Something happened 300 years ago, and I can never be the same. Or there's more of you than there is of me, and you're more powerful than I am, so you owe me. And then fanaticism is this rigidity, it's this pounding, aggressive, destructive criticism of whatever is. So that's what I see on the left. Okay, so uh, so security going back to these foundations for good yeah. mental health, and and I I I think what you've done is is. Uh, Security on the opposite side is angst, where people are are kind of, you know, off. Just you know, they they just they're not happy. There's something that just isn't quite right. Responsibility. Yeah. You said the opposite is presumption. Flexibility versus and and the the left is fanaticism. And man, you're seeing a lot of that these days. Uh, I've uh, seen some um, YouTube videos. Uh, for example, what was happening out at this ICE detention facility uh, out here in Aurora? The the fanaticism. Mm-hmm. That you saw, where they actually took down the flags. This was private property, mind you. They took down the U.S. Right. flag, the Colorado flag. They desecrated the U.S. flag. They uh, ran it up the pole upside down, and then they put up the Mexican flag. I mean, that's got you way over. Uh, there's a lot of angst going on with that, Jim Lewis. Right, right. So I should explain when I say flexibility is a mark of health. What I mean by flexibility is you can adapt to what's going on and figure out a good thing to do with it, as opposed to fanaticism that is just unbridled destruction. I'm going to destroy this thing, and that's really what's on my mind now. Later on, we can talk about what would be better, but I've got to destroy what is. And instead of finding a good way to adapt to a situation, there's this rigid black and white, I've got to take it down. That's what I'm. That's the comparison I'm making. Well, wow. and we're seeing a lot of that uh, yeah. in our society today. So, um, yeah. but but let's let's go back over. We're going to talk about healthy mental health. <laughs> that's where we're yeah. going to try to focus <laughs> on. Uh, and yeah. so, security, attunement, uh, and that is knowing that some somebody is there for you. And if yes. all seems for naught, you can be assured that the Creator of the universe is there for you. Uh, empathy. Absolutely. Empathy is being able to understand other people. Uh, And we hear a lot about emotional intelligence within that, I think, Jim. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. 
Okay. And, it is. and then confidence, when you have those two things, you have the confidence to be productive and industrious and, and to relate with yeah. other people, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Have, we, have we pretty well covered that one, do you think? I think so. Okay, okay. I think what we're going to do then, Jim, is let's go to break, and uh, when we come back, we'll continue this conversation about healthy mental health. We may talk a little bit about the unhealthy part just so that you can see uh, what those symptoms are, but uh, we'll be right back with that. Before we do that, though, Hooters is the place to be this summer. Enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. And Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. And I love this nine items for nine bucks, 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, You can choose from nine delicious menu items such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and of course, their boneless wings. So that's for dine-in. However, if you want to get Hooters wings to uh, deliver to your front door, if you want to pick them up on your way home, go to uh, HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com for more information and let them know you know the AmeriChicks. Uh, This is Kim Munson. We'll be right back with Jim Lewis. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland for sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. In Denver and Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Denver and YourTownTaxpayers.com for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to be having a conversation with my friend Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And uh, Jim, how can people reach a Southwest Counseling Associates uh, if they are in need of some, some help with mental health or if they know someone? How can they reach you? The very simplest way is to call 303-730-1717 and then punch in extension 220. And that puts you in the voicemail for Joel, our intake coordinator, and the service he provides. He knows who's available, who takes what insurance, and who specializes in what. So he's kind of a switchboard. Okay. And and if you know a young person that is in need of help, you've got people that specialize with uh, our youth as well, right? Oh, yeah. I hold those people in the highest respect here. So good. Okay. So again, that number is 303-730-1717, extension 220. Uh, So Jim, let's continue on. You have put together this really excellent, thoughtful piece regarding healthy mental health. What is good mental health? Uh, You said the first thing, and we talked about that in the first segment, was security. And under that, attunement, empathy, and confidence. But the next piece you have is responsibility. Talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, responsibility is the 
primal sense that I answer to somebody. And it isn't just somebody that's bigger than me that can force me. I answer to somebody that I know cares about me. I answer to somebody whom I honor. So I'm not just on my own to make up whatever I want. I don't determine my own good and evil. I answer to somebody that I respect. So within that heading, I list accountability, honor, and purpose. Accountability means I'm together with somebody, and we give each other feedback. And so I I answer to people who are around me. Honor is the idea that there's something that I value deeply. I want to be this kind of person, and this is what I push myself toward because I love it. And purpose has to do with the idea of I want to leave footprints on this planet during my life on it that I can feel good about. So I want to make a difference. You know, on that note... Um, we talk a, a lot about, well, uh, one of the, my other guests who's on quite often is Stephen Kessler. He has a PhD and he's also a millennial and uh, he became a conservative in college because he huh. is a, he's a straight white male and he's like, people don't like me. I can't figure out why. And then he realized that it was this whole narrative <laughs> narrative of the yeah. left. But he said yep. when we're talking to people, particularly about socialism, there's three things that he asked people. He says, um, first of all, do they have any, any skin in the game? Second of all, are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? But lastly, he said, you felt good, but did you do good? So when we talk about oh, purpose... Yeah. Uh, it can't just be a, a purpose. Um, you know, people have nefarious purposes out there. It's a purpose that uh, we felt good, but did we do good? I think that that's a really important component. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up because when I may say purpose, I don't just mean a goal because absolutely goals can be terrible. But a purpose is something that you really believe in. And when you see people with evil goals, it's not that they believe in it so much. It's that I have the power to do this and I want it. Case closed. Purpose taps into something deeper than that and that, that says, this is the difference I want to make in this world. Okay, and that purpose, I, and I'm going back to what we talked at the, about at the beginning of the show, and that is a purpose. If you have to get to your purpose being by forcing other people to do something, then it's probably not a noble purpose. Would you agree with right. that? Right. So, uh, again, good distinction. Uh, purpose has to be grounded in truth. It has to be based in principles, and that's why you don't want to have purpose without honor. You know, honor and purpose have to go together. And, again, even honor can be distorted because in World War II, uh, Japanese pilot that uh, plowed his plane into an aircraft carrier did that for a purpose but it was a misguided purpose, and that's not to trash anybody that's Japanese. I'm just using that as an example mm -hmm. of how a purpose can become distorted. And it was an honorable thing to do that, to sacrifice your life for this cause. But again, purpose that's grounded in truth. Okay, and so another example, which would be more contemporary, would be... Uh 
you know, the radical Islamic people that, you know, uh, they think it's uh, honorable to to die by killing other people. And that's that's a more current example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. And so honor and purpose need to be grounded in truth, you said. And I yes. also goodness. Could we add in the word goodness by any chance? That's what do you essential, think? yeah. Okay. Okay. I like the way Dennis Prager uses that term because very few people actually use the term goodness. <laughs> but when he uses that term, he's implying there is a standard that doesn't come from inside of us. There's something outside of us that tells us what good is. So that really resonates with the whole idea of responsibility. Okay. And then accountability, accountability to, to, to others and also ultimately in, in the Christian faith, accountability to uh, our God, right? Right. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about in responsibility with that, uh, Jim Lewis? I, I wanted to point out that with the left, instead of responsibility, you have presumption. So I have a sense of entitlement. I don't answer anybody because I am a victim. If I'm a victim, everything I do is right and everything you do is wrong. As opposed to honor, we have relativity. So this is what I think. This is where my emotions are stirring me right here in this moment. So that's good for me for now. And as opposed to purpose, you have nihilism, which says uh, nothing really matters, so do whatever drives you in the moment. So huge difference. And by the way, I wanted to point out that we're talking, we're looking through a macro lens right now. We're talking about whole uh, philosophies. We're not talking about individuals who lean left, because I know a lot of beautiful people who lean toward the left, and I care about them deeply. And I'm not saying if you are on the left, that means you're evil and you represent all of these things. But it's still true that that culture, that philosophy affects the way people form their sense of what they should do. And it makes a difference. Well, it does make a difference. And I, I, like you, I have many friends who I care about deeply who, you know, are on a different political spectrum than I am. Uh, right. But on, on this big, we're, we're starting to see the, this big leftism idea start to play yes. out in our culture. And right. I think that we're all a, a bit kind of head scratching about this. So backing up to it breaks my heart every time I hear that a young person, well, any person, has committed suicide. But when you look at this whole left thing, you can see, you know, I I submit to you, Jim Lewis, that this is one of the things, when we talk about mental health, as we have been pushing, uh, not we've been pushing, but leftism has been pushing the envelope more and more in our American society. And so when we talk about mental health, I submit to you it's because of this big macro view of leftism that is yes. causing this. I, I really think that. What do you think? I, that's right on the money as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it is getting more extreme. Uh, I've heard a number of people articulate this, that when you take God out of the picture, then you have to put some kind of a cause in its place. But it's a cause of your own making, so there are no guidelines. 
And so when the world doesn't shape up and become meaningful for you, you still have an emptiness. You have to keep pushing further and further. And I think that's what we're seeing. And then ultimately, you get to what you you mentioned up in, uh, I think it was under angst, where people... Uh, you know, say, well, you know, it doesn't matter if I live or die, and it does matter. Each each yes. person is here for a purpose. Each, each person is treasured and valued. And I really right. think that that we used to, that used to kind of be inherent in the American idea. You know, I have interviewed so many World War II veterans for my World War II project. And yeah. they talk about when I was back in Normandy, we said to one of the, Frank DeVito, one of the World War II veterans, and he was first wave Omaha, and, you know, gosh, Frank, you're such a hero. And he said, I'm not a hero. The heroes are these young boys that are laying here in these graves at Normandy. And somehow I think about the the wives and the mothers and the sisters of the families of these boys that didn't come home. But they, I mean, it had to hurt. But, oh, you know, the, the big idea was is that we are a people who stand against tyranny. There's a bigger purpose in life. And it hurt like heck That's when those it. boys didn't come home. But they understood that there was a bigger purpose. That's it. Bigger purpose. I'm so glad you brought those words into the dialogue. That's the difference between a sick kind of honor and purpose and a healthy one, is that there's something bigger than me. That nails it. Wow. Because when we are trapped inside our own thoughts, our own beliefs, there's an emptiness that we cannot escape And so that's why you see the left getting more and more fanatic, because they're still trying to break out of that emptiness. I really believe that. Wow. Okay. Hey, Jim Lewis, uh, I, these are these shows always have so, such amazing nuggets. But we're going to go to break. When we come back, we will continue this conversation with Jim Lewis, who is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. That phone number is 303-730-1717. Again, 303-730-1717, extension 220. And we will be right back. Hey, before we go to break, uh, we're going to be talking with John Buckingham, Presidential Wealth Management. Jason's on vacation, and so you're you're a man in the fort. That's correct. Good oh, morning. Well, great to have you. Um, wanted to ask you a question, John. There's a lot of people are concerned about the inversion in the yield curve. Can you explain, first of all, what is that exactly? Well, the inversion of the yield curve means that short-term interest rates, like the 90-day T-bill, are higher than actual like 10-year bond. So right now, the 90-day T-bill is right about 2.1%, whereas the 10-year bond is at 2 So you're getting paid more to have a very short-term interest rate holding rather than the longer term. And usually that's typically a sign of a recession. Okay, so that gets people's attention. Correct. So most of the time in history, it's usually a bad recession when the yield curve inverts. It's a sign that the economy is weakening and typically you have a slowdown. And so that's what they're concerned about. So what do you think? Well, I think in part... When you look at our economic data, the big thing is is that the big driver here is European interest rates. Right now, the tenure in Germany is actually a negative, meaning people are actually paying the German government to borrow money. And so I think that's driving a lot of funds and money into our bond market because they don't have anywhere else to go. Okay. So as low as our interest rates are, they're actually better than what you're seeing anywhere else in the developed ni- nations. So... That's what's pushing a lot of money into our bond market right now. 
and it's kind of causing concern with the Fed. Okay, okay. I got that. So, you know, John, one of the things that you guys do over at Presidential Wealth Management is you guys really special uh, specialize in helping people with their own personal economies. I mean, you're looking at big picture things here, Correct. but you, you're able to kind of narrow that down to, you know, what is best for each person. You help them figure out what's best for them. That's correct. And there are a lot of investments out there that may be good for one person and not the other. And it's based on their different puzzle pieces. You know, what do they have for Social Security and their investments and how does that all piece together? And so it's trying to find that right fit for each individual and put their specific puzzle back together so that they have that good, solid portfolio. And so you guys aren't cookie cutter kind of people. You are sitting down and each person is unique and different and you help them out with that. That is correct. So for more information, people can reach you at chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. There's all kinds of great information out there. John, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. That sounds good. I'll see you then. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at Americhicks.com or email Kim at Americhicks.com. Welcome back to the Ameritics with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. I am thrilled to be having this conversation with Jim Lewis, my friend. He is a licensed professional counselor at Southwest Counseling Associates. And again, that uh, number is 303-730-1717, extension 220. Uh, Jim, we're going through some some thoughts that you have put together regarding healthy mental health. Uh, And we talked about security, and that's attunement, empathy, and confidence. Uh, Last segment, responsibility, accountability, honor, and purpose. Let's talk about flexibility this segment. What What does that mean exactly? 
flexibility has the idea to be willing to deal with what is and adapt yourself in in an effective way that's in tune with what we just talked about last segment with responsibility. So I can find an honorable, a purposeful way to deal with whatever life throws me. So it's the idea of somebody <clears throat> standing on the deck of a ship with the waves rolling and they they have their sea legs so they can keep themselves stable and, and upright regardless of what life throws us. So within that, I see objectivity. So you're able to realize, I have this thought that I can't stand this, but it's a thought. So I can look at it as a thought. It doesn't have to be my reality. I'm having this feeling that my life is over. I can't stand this. That's a feeling. But I've still got my sea legs. I can I can stay stable. Acceptance has to do with letting something be that you can't change, that very famous um, serenity prayer that never really runs out of meaning. God help me to, what, what is it? Uh, Let's see. God, God help my, me to, uh, it's along the line of change the things that I can change and accept the things yes. that I cannot. Yes, and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh, that's yes. what that's, that's about, right. is acceptance. And then efficacy means I can put together an effective way to deal with this. So somebody tells me tomorrow I have cancer, I can find an effective way to deal with that. I'm not just a helpless victim of um, chance. You know, and on that, we talked a little bit about this, I think, the last time that you were on. And uh, I had mentioned that sometimes I don't talk to myself as nice as maybe I should. And uh, and, um, a couple of things. Uh, that can kind of get me off kilter a bit is I'll say, well, what if this doesn't? And you can't live a life of a what if. And so as uh, I've decided on two things is I'm trying to take what if. I mean, you certainly have to prepare uh, for contingency plans or whatever. But I could find myself, what if blah, blah, and it's never, ever happened. And I would get myself stressed out about it. And so I think you have to be so careful with the words, what if. (laughs) <laughs> what ifs are a sinkhole. There's no escape from them because if you figure your way out of one what if, there's always one right behind it. And so instead of what if, it's like I can. I can yes. do this. That's a good synopsis of it, absolutely. Because when we do what ifs, we're trying to pre-stress ourselves, so we're trying to prevent something from happening that must not happen. Right. And so acceptance says, well, uh, I don't know if it'll happen or not, but if it does, I think I have the resources to deal with it. So I can put that to rest. And that is so important. And then yeah. the, the other thing is, is, and I had mentioned this, is giving myself just a certain amount of time if I've done something that I wish I hadn't of or you know, messed up on something and say to myself, okay, I'm going to feel badly about that for five minutes and then I'm going yeah. to move on and do better the next time. <laughs> yeah. And you know what that does? It's signaling your own brain that I really have decisions to make here. I can decide to worry about this for one hour, and doggone it, I'm going to worry as hard as I can, and then I'm going to have that job done. You just made a choice. As opposed to most people, when they worry, they feel like they can't get out of it. They have no choice. Well, and the... 
The other thing I found out, Jim, though, is uh, mm-hmm. so if I had given myself an hour and then I realized mm-hmm. I wa- was wasting time. So the next time I gave myself 30 <laughs> minutes <laughs> so that yeah. I could then become pr- productive. And yep. you know, I think part of it is happened is because of these conversations that I've been having with you. Hmm. Well, that's good to hear. So I guess I need to pay you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you pay me just by talking. Okay. Okay. So, uh, again, flexibility is objectivity, acceptance, mm-hmm. and efficacy. And this right. is something that I think is missing with our young people. We are not teaching that. In fact, uh, the opposite, I think that we are seeing, and we're seeing it play out more and more, is fanaticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk yes. to us just a little bit about that. Right. So fanaticism starts with the idea, this shouldn't be. And so I have to fix it. And so under that, I list hysteria, utopianism, revolution. So and utopianism to me is the key idea, the, the notion that we can make things perfect if only we have enough power. Oh. <laughs> humans are never so evil as when they think they can create a utopia. And that can be in the name of religion, but usually it's in the name of human ability. So that's what we saw with Nazism. That's what we saw with communism. We can create a utopia. We just have to wield enough power to make it happen. You know, Jim, with that, as you were starting to talk about this, I've mentioned this picture on the show uh, before. Uh, In my World War II project, I recently interviewed uh, uh, Thomas Grauman, who was uh, a child in the kinder transport. And uh, Mm -hmm. there were 669 children that were rescued by Sir Nicholas Winton. Uh, He got them out of Czechoslovakia before Hitler invaded Czechoslovakia. And Thomas was number 652 out of 669. And when, as an eight-year-old, he said goodbye to his mother and his brother and his father. He never saw them again. Uh, his uh, mother and brother were killed in a concentration camp. But he, when he came over for the interview, he brought a book with him, and it had a, pictures of a number of these kids that's, that uh, were alive. And because of what Sir Nicholas Winton did, at, at, uh, there's been over 6,000 uh, descendants from these 669 people. But I was thumbing through the book, and this picture, these two pictures took my breath away. It was mm. a picture of a bunch of women without their clothes on. They were herded into a clearing in a forest. And if you look at the picture cl- uh, closely, there's a woman that's holding a small child. There's a woman that's being forced into the group who is clearly pregnant. The next picture is their soldiers standing uh, over the group, and they've all been shot, and they are all laying on the ground. Mm -hmm. And this is under Nazism. And it's Mm -hmm. important that people understand that Nazism stands for the National Socialist Workers um, Party. And um, Mm -hmm. socialism is never compassionate. Ultimately, it comes down to force. And what you just Mm -hmm. said regarding utopianism uh, that you can never get to utopia without force. Yes. And something else I noticed along with the force is the idea of the disappearance of the individual. It becomes so groups. It, it's, it, it becomes identifying with groups. a group. 
and all the groups have labels on them. And so we don't even understand an individual. We understand your label. And, boy, I'll tell you, if anything drives me nuts about what's going on in our culture now is the labeling. Well, and you put people into groups, and then you no longer look at them as individuals. And that is why I've always thought that the American idea and the Christian idea match up so beautifully, is because Christ came to uh, die on the cross and overcome sin and death for each individual. As I'm walking down the street... I look at each person and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I feel special because I know that Christ loved me enough to do this. And then I look at the next person. I'm like, and they're special because Christ did it for them. And they're special because Christ did it for them. Now, they may not acknowledge it, but, but regardless of that, he did it. And so then you have the American idea where, again, we had humans that put blood and treasure on the line. Yes. for the individual and they did it because they wanted to create uh the, to protect these individual rights that are given by God of life liberty and pursuit of happiness. And so I think right. Jim that's how the American idea and Christianity match up. Absolutely they match up and there is no denying that American culture American ideals are saturated in biblical truth. And that doesn't mean you have to be a Christian to be a good American, but that is acknowledging that the things that are beautiful about America come from biblical truth. And that's why when we, we see people, uh, elect, elected politicians, and then we see bureaucrats and interested parties that uh, do not treasure and the the american idea and we're seeing a lot of that right now we need to get our brains around what we believe why we believe it we need to stand firm and we need to engage in this battle of ideas and that is one of the things that i think this show is doing with you jim lewis regarding healthy mental health is uh, giving people the tools to understand this so we're going to go to break and when we come back it'll be our final segment these uh, these shows with you go so quickly jim lewis but i did want to mention something speaking of standing firm and that is yeah. is uh, one of the great things is keeping more of your money in your pocket and one of the things that has made that happen here in Colorado is Tabor, which is the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. But there's a big assault that is uh, going to, going on on this particular November ballot. There will be Proposition CC, uh, which wants to ask us uh, if we, we we will give our tax refunds up forever. So the answer should be no. And uh, to get your brain around what's happening with this assault on Tabor, Natalie Minton is sponsoring through Colorado Engaged a Taxpayer Bill of Rights boot camp training on August 3rd at the Lakewood Library. That's at 10200 West 20th Avenue. It's from 11 to 2 p.m. with a 10:30 check-in time. Natalie's asking people for a $20 to cover the costs. It includes a booklet, refreshments, and a t-shirt. You can sign up for that training at coloradoengaged.com. That's coloradoengaged.com. This is Kim Munson. We will be right back with Jim Lewis. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with Remax Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. 
Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, July 19th through Thursday, July 25th, features will include The Lion King, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation thrilled to be having this important conversation with uh, licensed professional counselor Jim Lewis. He is with uh, Southwest Counseling Associates and that phone number there is 303-730-1717 extension 220 again 303-730-1717 extension 220 and Jim you guys help out uh, young people to to old people. Uh, You have counselors there for everybody right? Right. Okay, great. Uh, what did I fi- uh, finish up just a little bit about? We're talking about healthy mental health, and it's security, responsibility, and flexibility. And under flexibility is objectivity, acceptance, and efficacy. And Jim, you mentioned you wanted to clarify something when we we're on break about acceptance. Yeah, there's something really important about acceptance because when people hear that word, they think that means just rolling over and accepting whatever happens. So just let it be. It's going to be okay. It's a very passive kind of thing. The acceptance I'm talking about is the idea that I know the difference between what I can realistically change and what I can't. And so acceptance means whatever is happening if i can't change it i can deal well with it not just roll over and play dead and it always goes along with efficacy because some things you can change but you have to change in in an effective way so you find something that builds that makes better rather than tearing down so acceptance is the absolute obvious of uh, opposite of utopia utopianism that just wants to tear down everything and then if i can tear everything down that i don't like then we'll have something good okay yeah so uh uh yeah and i think also acceptance when we look at like a big society acceptance doesn't mean that we affirm uh everybody's behavior if i accept you and love you that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that I affirm, you know, all the choices that you make and just right back at me. That doesn't mean that you affirm all the choices that I make. And I think that we need right. to be able to have that difference. This blanket, quote unquote, acceptance of everything goes, I think, has been dangerous for our society. That's a good clarification. It doesn't mean approval either. But I can accept that 50 percent of Christian marriages end in divorce. 
I do not approve that. I, my heart grieves over that, and yet I need to deal effectively with that. So one of the things I do is help people deal with it when they are going through a divorce. So that's a good distinction. Okay. Well, and so you, you mentioned uh, Christianity, and on your piece you have, what should Christians do regarding mental health? So what's your thoughts on that, Jim Lewis? Well, boy, there's a lot to say, but I can just kind of a, take a bite out of it anyway. But the first one I like to talk about is modeling love for each other in the world. And it sounds kind of squishy, but it's really true that ultimately our effectiveness as Christians is person to person. And you said something a little earlier in our conversation, Kim, that really stuck with me. You're walking down the street. And how did you say that? You're you're looking, you're thinking of yourself as somebody that's unique and special because you're God's creation. And then you look at other people coming down the street, and they're unique and special because they're God's, uh, they're God's creation. And so that's a modeling of love. There, there is the respect and care for other people. And you know, to that, and to that point, Jim, I think we need to get back to good manners when we're seeing all this fanaticism that is on the news. I really think that that is a very, very small subset, but we see it on the news so much that I think it it kind of puts us off kilter a bit. But when I walk out of the building here where the studio is, I I see people with you know all the group descriptors that you know that right. uh, that we we have in our society today, right. and instead I look at them as individuals. And I must smile because I people smile back at me. And, you know, yeah. the good manners of please and thank you, those things right. go a long way in how right. the day goes. Right. I wish I had thought to get out this article I read a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about somebody that was um, running a booth that was talking about right to life and interviewing college students that came by. And there was a young 20-something person came by, and she was interviewing him. And he says, yeah, I believe that a woman has a right to her own body, and she can have an abortion at any time for any reason at any stage in the pregnancy. And she wanted to come back at him because there was this anger protecting a young life like that. And she said she held herself back. And she says, well, I can respect that. If, if you're thinking that that fetus is not a human, I can see why you'd think that. And, and it's perfectly reasonable. She says, can I show you something? So she got out some photographs of a baby at different stages of life. And when he saw that, something happened inside him. He realized, I can't call that a piece of tissue. Mm. And the guy changed his mind right there. And that wasn't. That was because of the love that person mm-hmm. showed. And that's what we can do. Well, and, and to that point, have you seen the movie Unplanned yet? Yes. Okay. And I thought it was really telling, you know, so they would say going to the fence, that's where they were, would be outside the yeah. fence at this Planned Parenthood. And um, there was the, the guy that was yelling and screaming and, yep. and, you know, had the sign. And, you know, you saw the girls, they're like, oh, they're trying to get into the clinic as fast as possible. But right. then there was the story of Abby, and now I can't remember the young girl at the, the fence, but they became yeah. friends. And she responded to Abby with love. And it's over. Over time, love won out. And I think that we need to remember that. True story. True story, right. Yeah.
Both yeah. both true stories. So That's we n- it. need to model love for each other in the world. How about the next one? That uh, suggestions for Christians. Some Christians don't need to hear this. Others do. But we need to show care and respect for legitimate issues of mental health. And there is a lot more of that among Christian circles than there used to be. But it's still an ongoing problem because Christians, for good reasons, want to believe that we don't have to be mentally ill if we just believe God's truth and if we just trust God. Well, uh, yeah, if, if we were all perfect people, if we were all well in the first place, then we could trust God that way. But many, many people struggle before they ever get to that place. And we really need Christians to respect people's struggles. Okay. And, yeah, go ahead. Well, um, definitely. And, and that is something, now, you are a Christian, and your yeah. life's a professional counselor. But it's not, I wouldn't say it's a, you're a Christian professional counselor. Do you think that's a distinction or, did, or not? Being a Christian professional counselor versus just a professional counselor, yeah. Who's, who's a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, that's, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because good counseling is good counseling. And the secular world has come up with vast stores of information and abilities that help people. And I study them all the time more more of the people I study are non-Christians than Christians. And yet, when you look at what those helping insights and helping techniques come from, they're still rooted in God's truth. Interesting. And so as a Christian counselor, whether I am counseling a non-believer that doesn't want to talk about faith or whether I'm talking about I'm talking to somebody who wants faith to be integral, I'm still guided by God's truth. And it gives me a depth and a passion about those things that you don't get without a foundation beneath them. Okay, got it. Got it. Let's try yeah. to get through these uh, other two. We only have just a couple of minutes, but suggestions oh, yeah. for Christians. What's your third point, Jim Lewis? Cultivate discernment. We as Christians can tend to memorize a few verses, and those are our guidelines. Those become our weapons sometimes. So if an issue comes up, we just quote a verse, and that's open and closed. But uh, Jesus was much more nuanced in his dealing with people. So he knew what they were able to hear at the time, and he told them what they were able to hear. And when they weren't able to hear anything more, he let them go. The, the ten lepers, only one of them actually came back and said, thank you, who are you anyway? Mm-hmm. But he gave them what he could give them. So we really need discernment as to what a person can receive and to give it to them with love rather than hammering them with a generic truth that we've memorized from Scripture. Oh, man, that's that's huge, Jim Lewis. Yeah. And how about the fourth thing that Christians can do? The last thing is spend less time complaining to each other about where the world is going to, you know, the hell in a handbasket syndrome, and speak truth to the hearts of others. And that means each other as Christians, and it also means speaking truth to the hearts of the world. 
It is so easy to get in our little circles and talk about, oh, did you hear what the left is doing now? That's so terrible. Oh, no, hand-wringing. And it doesn't help. We need to be razor-sharp. We need to be aware, and that's a lot of what you're doing with your radio program, Kim. But that needs to be in the context of speaking truth to the hearts of people. Oh, well. Hey, Jim Lewis, we are out of time. This has gone so quickly. Thank you so much. That is Jim Lewis with uh, Southwest Counseling Associates, phone number 303-730-1717, extension 220. Jim, thank you. Thank you. So our quote for today is Mother Teresa. She says, love is a fruit in season at all times and within reach of every hand. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.